everyone. Welcome to the Women Wired for Wellness podcast presented by Holistic Icon. I'm your host, Dr. Nisha Chalam. You may be thinking, does the world need yet another podcast? As a physician in practice, I have been intrigued by the fact that despite our education, despite the abundance of information and advancements in a country like ours, women struggle for decades with troubling symptoms to seek help, or even when they seek help, suffer for years before they can get a resolution. It is my obsession to understand one, this culture, Number two, understand how we can create health and move away from this preoccupation of diagnosing and managing disease. Therefore, one of my passions is to teach both my patients and people who come in contact with us as it helps me empower myself and them with the knowledge that our health is probably the one asset we all can control. This control begins with knowing all that has been known about it. It is not simply about knowing a disease and considering the right medications, which has been presented today as our only option, as it certainly might be the only option if we choose to do nothing different. But to truly live fulfilling lives, we need to know how to tap into our innate nature to heal. When it comes to health, there is a finish line and there is a timeline to get to it. We help you get there with a different way of thinking. If this podcast has helped you or opened your eyes to a different path, please take time to leave a positive review. And if you felt it fell short somehow, let us know how we can improve it. Let's get on to today's podcast. So in this week's podcast, we did not have a guest. So I decided to discuss a very common question people call us with, which is autoimmune disorders. And it does not matter what kind of an autoimmune disorder you may have. One of the things that we notice is there is a pattern to the development of autoimmune disease, particularly in women. A lot of times we ignore simple symptoms like fatigue or um, headaches or joint pains, um, weight gain for that matter, or difficulty losing weight. These are all signs and symptoms of actually inflammation. And it's chronic inflammation that keeps our immune system in what I call a hypersensitive mode. And it, I call it the attention deficit of the immune system because it's so overwhelmed by this chronic inflammation that at some point it somehow misses the target or overcompensates for its inability to get rid of a target. And what is the target? It's usually an infection or it could be a stressor. And once it deals with this particular target, but the inflammation continues to persist. That's because the immune system is disordered and now it's very chaotic and it's not only attacking the infection or trying to repair after a stressor, but it is attacking the body's own organs. A very common autoimmune condition, which is very prevalent today, is Hashimoto's. Somehow the thyroid gets attacked. Sometimes it's the joints that get attacked. And depending on which organ that is getting attacked, it is all based on your genetic risk. So how do you approach autoimmune conditions? It's always the same. You got to have your story. You got to understand when did this immune system get set up for failure? What were the triggers? And we find there could be multiple triggers or a prolonged stressor. The second thing we look at is how is your environment today? 
What are you eating? How do you sleep? What are your stressors? And the third thing is how does your body respond? That's the testing. Just doing regular blood tests like the um, liver test or blood count does not suffice. We got to look into the inflammatory markers. We got to look for viral infections. We got to look and see if there are common food sensitivities that you can easily avoid till you get the repair process done. And what is the repair process? As much as I hate to use the word detox, that's what we call it in functional medicine. It's a detoxification. It could be detoxification of your diet, detoxification of your mind, detoxification of your environment, or it could be all of those. And once we address those, we try to replace and give the body what it needs in terms of nutrients. How does your diet need to change? What is your specific requirement? And again, these things change with time. As you get healthier, a lot of the restrictions go away. And science is in such great flux that what is right today may not be right tomorrow. But with what we know so far, that's how I've discussed this autoimmunity in this podcast. And hopefully it will help someone who is struggling and cannot seem to find a resolution. And the reason people don't get resolution of autoimmune disorders, majority of which uh, of whom are women, though men do get psoriasis and uh, inflammatory bowel disorders, I would say one of the main reasons is because we try to look for the silver bullet, the bling, you know, that one thing that is going to help you. It's usually a series of things that have happened that set you off in this pathway of autoimmunity. And it's a series of steps you have to take in order to get your immune system to actually work in your favor and not against you. Hopefully from this discussion, you will get delve a little more into what we see in our practice and how we approach it. Don't forget to read the blog attached to the podcast. And once again, Really, thank you so much for supporting the practice, listening to the podcast, and share this with someone who would be helped by this information. Take care, and without any further delay, let's go on to our podcast. But today we're going to talk about, I don't have a guess, uh, but it's one of the commonest questions that keep coming up to us, like when they call, mm-hmm. um, they ask you different questions, right? Um, like, does she handle... Um, my kind of case, which is usually whether it be um, rheumatoid arthritis, whether it be lupus, um, whether it be um, what do you call uh, psoriasis. Now, all of these come under a condition which we call autoimmune. And what is autoimmune? To just to define, it means your immune system is attacking you. Mm-hmm. So um, the we have several aspects to our immune system, and we're going to talk about uh, what is inflammation, what is autoimmunity, how are they different, and when do you know you have an autoimmune condition as opposed to an inflammatory condition? So on a regular basis, when you look at um, our health, we are constantly exposed to insults. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you look at insults, we're talking about uh, whether it be chemical insult, a physical insult or emotional insult. And we can call them as also stressors. And the life we have created for ourselves as much as it's very modern 
um, trying to make everything convenient, we still have a very stressful life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, more, the more convenient, the more stress we have. Right. Right. We seem to have more time to uh, focus on um, worrying, I think, because we're just not in a survival mode. Mm-hmm. We're just worrying with a whole lot. So what is um, what really happens when you're having an autoimmune condition? Let's start off with what happens when you're stressed, like when you're insulted. Well, I think one thing that I've noticed too is the people coming in with autoimmune issues are getting much younger. So I don't know if that's a trend. I I mean, when you start looking at, I remember growing as a child, I didn't understand what stress was. You know, Mm -hmm. we just got to a point where we would resolve issues. We would cry over little things and we got over it. Right now, we're also seeing anxiety and depression younger and younger Mm -hmm. kids. And we don't know the real cause of all of that. But I think to a large degree, that is called an emotional insult. Yep. Right. So they're having emotional insults from very young. You're having physical insults from very young. And you're also having a lot of chemical insults. A physical insult could be when you are injured or even when you are sick, like Sometimes we have uh, women who come to us and say, I had the flu and my life has never been the same. Mm -hmm. Or I had urinary tract with sepsis and my life has never been the same. It could be a pathogen too. It could be a pathogen or it could be their body was never healthy to begin with. And when they had the insult, the whole system just fell apart. Mm -hmm. So there was indolent or underlying uh, abnormality or imbalance and then just fell apart. So we're going to talk about what autoimmunity is and how you would approach it from a functional medical perspective. Mm-hmm. So I'm Dr. Shalom, founder of Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi, and this is Marina, our integrative nutrition coach, and we are located here in Novi in Michigan. And one of the biggest uh, questions we get is, uh, can you uh, actually resolve or treat autoimmune conditions? And to treat or resolve any conditions, you need to know how did it happen to begin with? Mm -hmm. Because you cannot resolve something you don't have a good understanding of. Yeah, which I mean, typically when you think somebody goes to the regular medical system, it's pretty much one. I feel actually it takes a long time for it to even get diagnosed as an autoimmune disease in the first place. And then, you know, years and years on the road when it finally does get diagnosed, it's pretty much one treatment umbrella treatment for everybody is what it seems. And so let's look at what are the symptoms that people go into the doctor's office with and why it takes so much time to get diagnosed. Number one, people will go in with just fatigue. Fatigue is a very, very common uh, complaint when you have an autoimmune condition. You're just getting old, you're tired, you have kids. Yep. That's all. It's fine. It's normal. And then joint pains, Mm -hmm. right? That's also the same thing. You're getting old. Um, and sometimes if your doctor's your uh, age, they say, oh, I have the same thing and therefore it's okay for you to have it or uh, take some vitamins is another option. But the other most subtle things we tend to accept and not necessarily address is when your hair starts falling. Mm-hmm. Like in your 30s, I'm seeing women where I can see their scalp starting like as young as 30s. You, you should, I mean, the hair does thin as you get older, but to the point where every time you comb, you're getting a bunch of, um, hair. It's almost like you have a furry animal every time you comb. That's not normal. 
Mm-hmm. Then the other things that happen is where you have a bloating sensation in the stomach. Now, bloating sensation in the abdomen can also be one of the commonest, uh, um, more, uh, what do you call, um, morbid diagnosis would be ovarian cancer. You need to look for it. But just not feeling good, whether you eat or in between your meals or after you eat, as you're eating, all of those things happen. And I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook where people say, my stomach looks like I'm eight months pregnant after a meal. Why does this happen? Well, those are all signs that your immune system is out of whack. Then what are the other things? A brain fog, which people complain of. Mm -hmm. They think they're losing their memory because they're getting older. But actually, what is brain fog? Brain fog is where um, you used to remember things very clearly, whether it be names, numbers, faces, and now you're not that sharp. And you're not able to solve problems as easily. You're not able to think a little more um, in depth and resolve issues. That's another part of the uh, symptom. What are the other symptoms that people come with? It's just aches and pains all over. They just ache. Um, But I would say fatigue is probably the overwhelming complaint. Now, fatigue is very frustrating, both for the physician and for the patient, because as a physician, what do I check for when you have fatigue? A lot of times, your regular blood tests, when you go to a um, routine blood work, it's um, the complete blood count is called CBC, which is just your hemoglobin and white, white blood cells. It may or may not show anything. Sometimes it'll show everything is normal, but there'll be a slight increase in one of these cells, like the lymphocytes, monocytes, and basophils, which we never look at. It'll be just a little bit high, and the doctor will say everything else seems fine. I mean, we don't know what this is. Because I I remember I used to see a lot of the basophils, monocytes, and eosinophils, and if they don't have any symptoms of allergy, I'll say it's nothing. And then you look at what is called comprehensive metabolic profile, which is comprehensive evaluation of your electrolytes, your liver function tests, and your protein levels. And if that's normal, really there's nothing more to look for. At the most, if you push, you'll get a vitamin D, a thyroid, a TSH, and um, B12, and they will also be normal. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of stuck. Now, if you have pain, on the other hand, fatigue, like I said, fatigue is very frustrating because blood tests come back normal. But if you have pain, on the other hand, the doctor tends to ask a little more. They'll do the what you call the anti-nuclear antibody, so ANA, or they'll look at rheumatoid arthritis, especially if you have a family history of rheumatoid arthritis. And then you may have a positive test. They send you to a rheumatologist and you get diagnosed with some kind of an autoimmune condition. And if you have actually swelling and pain, then you get diagnosed with an autoimmune uh, state. A lot of times their focus initially is how can I reduce your pain? How can I reduce your symptoms? So they start you off with an anti-inflammatory track, which would be prednisone, Mm -hmm. a steroid. Sometimes they give you non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which would be like Motrin or naproxen or indomethacin, depending on what your disease state is. And a lot of times your symptoms get immediately better. I mean, you give prednisone to anyone, it gets you, it's a phenomenal drug. It gets you high, it gets you energetic, it it gets your pain down. So you have immediate relief uh, the minute you take it, but the long-term profile of many of these medications are not very good. And let's say after you take the prednisone, after you take the Motrin, you still have a little ache and pain and swelling, then they put you on something that will modulate your immune system. 
And that's when you get into drugs like methotrexate and Humira and Enbrel and all of those injectables where you are looking at an immune modulator. So this is where you have to look at what is really happening to your immune system. So I'm going to use the whiteboard here so for people to understand how the inflammation leads to an immune problem. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody's joined our webinar because we did put in a link for the webinar, but hopefully you can see the whiteboard. So yeah, for anybody listening to the podcast, if you just go to holisticicon.com on our videos, we have a podcast section so you can watch the video version of it as well. It's a podcast. So inflammation is something that is, um, I would say, a sh should be a short term. Like you get cut and then you want um, a healing to happen. If you don't have inflammation, you can die because nothing gets repaired. Inflammation is required for repair. So let's say you have inflammation. It should be short term. But something can get the inflammation going on long term. So inflammation can be from a trigger of, I told you, physical, chemical, or emotional. Mm -hmm. So when you are extremely stressed, even stress, let me put here, stress is probably our biggest challenge. And stress can cause inflammation. Something, a physical injury can cause inflammation. A chemical injury, chemical injuries are uh, things like what we eat, what we put on our body, or something that you might be exposed to in, in an occupation like a painter or um, hairdresser, you spray mm -hmm. constantly chemicals or makeup artists. So you start off with inflammation. Now, inflammation should repair whatever is going on. But unfortunately, we are on living in a day and age where there's a constant low-level stress whether it be family, whether it be kids, whether it be your job or finances or health, and then you have these other tangible um, stressors. So something keeps the inflammation going. At this point, what really happens is it gets the immune system. Now, there are different types of immune systems, something called innate immune system. What is an innate immune system? Uh, let's say somebody opens a can of powder, you sneeze. That's mm -hmm. your immune system, right? Get, telling you that powder cannot get into your lungs and therefore you sneeze it out. But let's say you get exposed to that powder and then the next two weeks, all you're doing is sneezing, coughing, and there's inflammation of all of the sinuses and then it evolves into an allergic reaction and your health is never the same. That is where your innate immune system fails. So now it's not able to, with that one sneeze, protect you. Now it has to continue to work and it's very ineffective. So this persistent inflammation, that stimulates your immune system. This, um, the best way to explain this, this would be your local police, right? When there's a crime, the local police comes. But if the crime is very, uh, uh, it looks like a serial crime or something that has um, it's not just somebody kills somebody over a fight, but it looks like a gang or something international or terrorist. Mm -hmm. Then what gets called, the feds get called. Yep. That's what is your main immune system. We call them the helper cells. It's T cells, helper one and TH2. TH1 really helps us overcome viral and bacterial infections. Now, when you get a viral infection like a flu, the TH1 comes on board and it will try to get rid of it. 
But when you have chronic inflammation, the capacity of this immune system, so your feds are not as efficient. And when they go down, another group of cells called Th2 goes up. Now, this is not the right kind of cells that you, they are good for certain aspects, but not for all aspects. But when they start, when they're not well balanced, and like that's why we said the autoimmune system, the immune system gets into attention deficit. Now, instead of attacking just the enemy, it's attacking you. Mm, so it's gone out of balance too. It, it's gotten out of balance. So you, if the bacteria may be the initial insult, but after some time, the immune system not only is attacking the bacteria, but is attacking the tissue. Then you have an autoimmune process. Mm -hmm. When this imbalance happens, you'll have a lot of infection, particularly in the, or inflammation in the cavitary areas like sinuses, bladder infection, colon, all of those. The other thing that stress and inflammation does is it affects your gut. We call it dysbiosis. That means an imbalance in the gut bacteria. And that, when there's an imbalance in the gut bacteria, it feeds back into the inflammation. Mm -hmm. So now you have a tangible inflammatory, you got chronic stress, you got a gut imbalance. And this can lead to, depending on your genetic uh, trait, it can lead to heart disease or it can lead to brain inflammation. And this cycle, if something is not done to address this, you'll end up having chronic disease. Right. Okay. So it starts pretty small and then eventually kind of blows up into more tangible diseases. Where you get a diagnosis. Right. Like, so that depends on what your genetic um, predisposition is. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, if you're not doing a full um, workup where you're not looking at every aspect, not only the immune system, you're not looking at your inflammatory markers, your gut health, your hormones. And this whole thing will disrupt your hormones too, because what happens when you have stress, you have chronic cortisol and then your body stops responding to the cortisol. And it's just, there's a complete breakdown of the body because everything is an imbalance. So people will come in asking, so how does this, how do you even address this thing? As we do always with functional medicine, I say there are internal and external stressors. External stressors are the ones where your relationship, your work, your outside, you know, mm -hmm. those are the things, the only thing you can modify with the external stressor is how you respond to it. If you do the same thing every day, you wake up in the morning, you're tired, you need to have your cup of coffee, and then you go on to social media, look at your computer, look at your phone, yelling at the kids or trying to get, um, you know, beat traffic to get to work. If you're doing that every day, you're feeding into it. So a lot of times learning to respond and organizing your day is how the external stressors have to be handled. And that's where you, uh, people who struggle with this would need a life coach. Mm -hmm. Internal stressors is what we do is in functional medicine is look at your blood test, look at your blood test, look at your gut health, look at your immune function, look at your hormones and put together a plan and saying, Hey, these are the things you're lacking. And that's why you're not able to get it in balance. What people tend to do is they focus on one thing, um, like say, I'm fatigued, I can't exercise, so I'm gaining weight, so I want to lose weight. 
And what they do is they go head on and try to exercise, try to deprive themselves of calories. And what really happens is the whole thing gets out of control and gets worse. Right. Right. You're not addressing any underlying issues. So you're just kind of going after this. The overall symptoms and the most important symptom is for us is <laughs> the vanity, like, of course. The vanity, <laughs> yes. If I'm gaining weight, I can't fit into my clothes. It's a problem. And so you're going to focus on it. There's nothing wrong in doing that. It's just do it the right way. I think you should focus on feeling well, both internally and externally. But when you just drive yourself down to, you know, I got to lose the weight, always ask the question, why am I gaining weight? If you don't know the why, and a lot of people blame themselves. They say, you know, I don't exercise, I don't eat healthy. And then we have the other extreme where they're going every morning to Burger King or Tim Hortons and they say, I eat healthy mostly and I don't understand. And what they mean in their heads, they eat healthy is they have a salad a day. Right. They had something green. Something green or something they thought was technically called healthy. Mm-hmm. A little so, bit yogurt. You never know what anybody's definition of healthy is. That is that is so true. Actually, uh, 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 yogurt is a, considered a health food. I, I think we already have a question. What's the best natural thing for inflammation, turmeric, extra? Okay. So we'll answer that question, Rosalie, because one of the biggest thing is instead of asking uh, what should I do naturally, and we have a video about it, Natural treatments are no different than us giving you methotrexate. In fact, today methotrexate is being um, uh, researched as a drug that, uh, uh, as an anti-aging drug. So when you're looking at that, natural treatments are no better. You need to understand why you have the inflammation. You can take all the turmeric you want, but if something, it's almost like, you're setting something on fire and you're asking me what is the best way to put out the fire instead of trying to figure out what is setting the fire, right? Mm-hmm. So you got this um, a gas line coming with flame that's setting your house on fire. At that point in time, no, ma- no matter how much you try to douse the flames that come through your roof, it's not going to... Uh, be um, any different. You've got to get to what is this gas line feeding into the flame? Mm-hmm. So you can take turmeric. Yes, you can take resveratrol. You can take omega-3. Um, there's quercetin that we recommend and um, Brussels sprouts, um, the sulforaphane. A lot of things really help the inflammation, but I have found people come to me with $300, $400 of supplements saying, I take this all for my adrenal fatigue, for my inflammation, and they don't feel any better. Whether you have an lupus or rheumatoid arthritis or psoriasis, you got to get to address your gut health. You got to address your immune system. You got to remove the stressors. And it requires a systematic approach. Until you get that, you're going to be struggling with this disease. And it is hard. It is very hard to have disease. It is very hard to resolve the disease. It is expensive to have disease. Like this is what insurance covers, right? It covers these medications. Mm -hmm. It's expensive to get healthy too. There is no easy way out. I have to tell you that you did not get sick overnight. It may seem like you got sick overnight, but you had simple symptoms like, you know, like I said, the hair loss may come in first or the fatigue may come in or early morning where you feel like you cannot feel awake and bright without a cup of coffee. That's a sign. That's a sign that 
your hormones are out of balance. So when you have all of those symptoms and eventually when you have a diagnosis is when you're trying to take care of it. And even at that time, you're looking for, I need something natural or I need, um, uh, you know, is there an herb or is there a food I can eat? Even people come and say, I switched over to eating healthy. But if you haven't addressed the underlying problem, if there's an indolent infection that your body hasn't gotten rid of, if you're not moving out of that stressful job, if you are not necessarily, um, uh, what do you call, um, uh, re- changing your response to stress. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's very important. Changing your response to stress you're not going to resolve it. doesn't matter how much of turmeric or resveratrol or sulforaphane you take. It's just a Band-Aid, pretty similar to just taking a drug. Yes. Eventually. Um, and then eventually what happens is most people, because it's natural, they're not very consistent. I've seen people will come to me with a bag of supplements and they don't take half of them. Right. Because they'll say, you know, I was taking this, but I, I don't think it really did. I'm not really sure. Supplements work very slowly. And if you were to take them, you have to take, they're not like medicines and people get confused between the two. Medicines work instantaneously. I have a headache. I take Tylenol. It's going to get better right away. Like within half hour, I would have relief. Mm -hmm. However, when you say I'm going to take turmeric, you have to be building that into your system over a period of 90 days for you to say, okay, the inflammation is actually much better than when I first started. Right. So there's a difference between the two. But I think what we try to educate people is get to the root cause. Why do you have lupus? If you don't know why you have lupus, it doesn't matter what you take. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Why do you have psoriasis? Why do you have rheumatoid arthritis? You got to dig deeper. And that's where what will reduce the inflammation. There are a few things. Number one, of course, which everybody focuses on is diet. What kind of foods are you eating? What kind of foods work for you? Number two would be exposure to toxins. Let's say you moved into a new uh, building, they have new carpet, or um, it could be an old building that has mold. These are all exposures that your immune system is trying to uh, protect you from. And if it is already imbalanced, you're going to have a lot of symptoms. Right. Right. It's not like everybody in the building has a problem. Some people have it more than others. Then comes to your hormone imbalance. You have to look at your hormone um, imbalance. And um, when you look at the hormone imbalance, we look at how much of stress you have. Is your stress off? Is your insulin off? And are your um, um, the um, female hormones off? All of those will impact on how well your body can manage. Then, of course, there's genetics. Genetics means you just have the risk. It doesn't mean you'll have the disease. I think I've said this so many times. I come from a family of nine diabetics. All of my aunts and uncles are diabetics. My mother is a diabetic. I am not. And I will never get diabetes. I know I have the genes, but I will never get diabetes because my environment, my stressors are very different or I'm able to modify them. Mm -hmm. So just because it runs in your family doesn't mean you will get it. And a lot of times the genetic predisposition means you're feeding those genes. So you need to look at what are you feeding those genes that's creating your lupus? What is that's feeding your genes that's creating your psoriasis? And sometimes you will find that there's no family history. You're the very first one. And they will say maybe you're just predisposed to it. You're predisposed to it. But what are you doing to get that information translated? Remember, genes are just information. They are not your disease. 
And we can say this over and over again, 90% of the diseases we see today are due to your environment, not due to genetics. Genetics really only increase your risk, pretty much a small percentage. It's, very small percentage. And if you one or two percent, it's not like 90% risk. Right. So if, if, for instance, even in my case, if I continue to eat the way my family eats, I most likely will become a diabetic. So I have that risk, but I have chosen to change how I would eat, how much I would exercise and what kind of stressors I would have. So I think that's very important to understand. Once you say it's my genes and therefore I have autoimmunity, what have you done? You've taken away the power to heal. Mm -hmm. And the responsibility. And the responsibility. Because now you're walking around saying it's in my genetics, therefore I have lupus, I have to accept it. I always say, do not accept any diagnosis. Even if you have the genetics, you think you have the genetics. First of all, nobody checks your genes to see if you have it. And there are genetic testing that will show you whether you're at a risk or not. None of the genetics, uh, no, I should not say none of the genetics. I think we have 23,000 genes and only uh, close to 93 of them cause diseases. And we're talking about diseases like cystic fibrosis, sickle cell anemia, and thalassemia, and all of those. But if you don't have, for the other things, they're just called SNPs. And if you look at our genetic podcast, we talk about it. It's just a small change in your gene that puts you at a higher risk, but you change your environment and you will not have lupus. The risk goes away. Yeah. And that's, I think that's very important. Never walk around saying, I have this because of my genetics. So a lot of things what we try to do is check your genetics, check your blood tests, check your hormones, check your gut health, Mm -hmm. and start systematically affecting them by addressing, like we said, the diet, the toxins, the hormones, the um, your genetic information, and creating a plan to resolve the inf- uh, inflammation. And of course, you have to look at vitamins and min- minerals. They're called micronutrients. These are co-pilots in a lot of your um, reactions in the body. And traditional medicine says vitamins and minerals don't mean anything. You, you, you can get everything from your food. Most of us do not eat a balanced meal. Even the gurus who talk about health and wellness, when they say we got to have the rainbow colors, I think that that is a very elitist approach to rainbow colors of um, foods because good food is expensive to buy. Grass-fed beef is expensive to buy. I don't know where anybody goes and gets pasture-raised and grass-fed. It's a lot of money. So really when you look at our food chain are the way we are eating food. Even if you try to eat healthy, you're probably not eating a very balanced meal. So checking your vitamins and minerals, making sure your body is able to get what it needs to heal us, I think is also very important. I think the other thing that we forgot to mention is sleep. Oh, I cannot. uh, I think that's a part of the stress part, right? Mm -hmm. Like how we live our life. Um, So if you're not sleeping enough or you have disordered sleep and you're just taking like melatonin, that's probably not going to help you either, right? Because you're uh, some, when you're not well rested, you're not cleaning out the system, number one. Number two is the other part is where we continue to eat. So every time you eat, like I said, inflammation is one of the things. What is the other thing that causes inflammation? Every time you eat, you're inflamed. Mm -hmm. So if you're eating every two hours 
And you're doing that for almost, I think people are eating 14 to 15 hours a day. That's 14 to 15 hours of inflammation. And then you don't sleep well, your system never gets cleaned. So I think making sure you have enough rest, both for your gut and for your brain is very important. Mm -hmm. And that's why the fasting has taken on a lot of, um, it's very popular now, but you need to know how to fast. And number two, you need to know how to feast during the hours that you're eating. Eat the right things. Eat the right things, number one. Number two, feel satisfied. The reason the metabolic rate changes when you start losing weight because you're eating less is because you're ignoring hunger and then you're just um, eating in a small window. Like there's a lot of restriction. Health should be about abundance. You should be able to eat enough not to be hungry so you're not restricting calories and counting calories but you're eating good food that you don't have to think about how many calories you're consuming number one number two eat in the window where you need the energy the most which is usually in the beginning of the day and most of the day when you're working towards the end of the day when you're going to rest you're going to put your feet up and watch a tv or you're going to go to sleep you don't need to eat you don't need to snack so if you can cut down that uh, snacking in the evening after dinner and give a lot of rest for the brain. Those are the two things that will help your immune system significantly. Not taking supplements. I think you have to change your rhythm of life. Yeah, there has to be some work involved. Took work to get sick. Easy work. <laughs> Easy. I, I think it, uh, this is another thing that we always talk about, right? When you choose to do something or you choose not to do something, you're making a choice to get something else. Mm -hmm. So I choose not to get up and exercise every day because I'm fatigued. I have pain. Then I'm making a choice to stay where I am. So you have to make a different choice. So once you have a disease process, you have to be actively involved in trying to resolve your disease process. And like we say, if you don't know how to get your eight hours of sleep, if you don't know how to um, actually survive a fast because you don't know what you're eating during the eating hours, that you're just hungry constantly, that's when you need help. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we find even our patients um, will be eating a lot of vegetables, but they're hungry all the time because they're probably eating more fruits than vegetables and they're setting off their insulin. And when your insulin resistance is there, you're constantly hungry. Well, that's also why it's so important to get the blood work too and the lab work so you know exactly what's going on. What are your triggers? Right. Your triggers, what is your metabolic state? And of course, we have genetic testing now to see, are you truly at a risk or is this completely purely an environmental disruption and your immune system just got uh, dysfunctional because you got exposed to something like a virus just completely disrupted your immune system. And sometimes you'll find you fall sick when you're stressed. Mm -hmm. You have more back pain, more joint pain when you're stressed. You have to address the stress. People ignore or they kind of get used to the stress and live in that, within that stress. You have to face the stress head on and respond to it. Um, and you have to actively respond to it. You cannot just sit back and say, this is my fate, this is my life, and start uh, living that life because that's how you begin to destroy your health. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else that I have forgotten in uh, some of the common myths that people come to us with? I think one of the things that Rosalie said, yes, genetics, no, lupus is not due to genetics. Lupus is actually due to uh, environmental 
reasons. Um, yeah, I think you got most of it. I mean, pretty much overall address your stressors. I think the relationship and the work are the hardest ones to really kind of address and mm-hmm. yeah, come to the forefront. Yeah. And a lot of times I think we, um, uh, kind of lie to ourselves in many ways. It's like, I, I can't do this because I have to be at my kid's soccer game. I have to do this. I have to do that. We tell ourselves, nobody's actually asking you to do anything, but that's what we, uh, Poetry. Um, I think a lot of times you have to be your authentic self, um, address the issue, whatever is bothering you. I think you need to address it, especially when it comes to relationships, when it comes to jobs, you need to address it. If you're talented in one area, it's not like that's the only job you can get. You can always find another job. Maybe it may not be ideal initially, but remove yourself from a toxic environment, remove yourself from toxic people remove yourself from toxic habits. I think that's the last one is also very hard. A lot of times we get into habits without thinking that it's very addictive. We just are used to, uh, you know, I think I used to, there was a time when before I walked into functional medicine, every Friday morning I had to buy a bagel from Panera Bread or the um, souffle. Mm-hmm. The egg uh, spinach artichoke souffle was my most favorite. It was almost like a habit. And uh, very soon I realized I was going there on Mondays and Wednesdays also. And before I knew every morning my breakfast was from there with a cup of coffee. And that became my way of living. And I didn't think twice about it. To me, hey, I'm having egg, I'm having artichoke, I'm having spinach. Mm-hmm. To me, it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Till I realized all the other things that go into my system by getting into that habit. So breaking that habit took a long time. And how do you break that habit? How do you break the cravings? Sometimes you just have to take it one day at a time, but you have to have the right knowledge, right uh, depth of uh, investigation when it comes to your own hormones, your inflammatory markers, and your own body, and then make that change. Um, and a lot of times, um, I, if you guys have subscribed to our newsletter, I did talk about the do it yourself first, right? Many of us, in, in fact, today, if you go online, there are several labs that will offer your own blood tests and they will also hire a doctor for you to re- interpret your blood test. But that's not the same as, um, you sitting and getting the blood test that you need, not what the lab actually provides, mm-hmm. right? A standard, you know, one it's all right thing. if you go to a lab that uh, does urine testing then that's what they'll say and they'll they'll build all of your information from that one test we do multiple tests because i say if i need to know somebody's blueprint i need to look at them from every angle so i have a good understanding i may get a stool test that's completely normal but their saliva and their blood test would be completely off base mm-hmm. and that's how we put things together and we try to tell, hey, this is what you need to be doing. And this is the first step. And a lot of times we have to rebuild. It's not about taking, oh, here are the 10 supplements you take and off you go. You're still going to be spending money for the rest of your life taking those supplements and you're still going to have your disease process. Right. So rebuilding your health, I would say, is probably the most important. Now, I think... Um, I've given you enough information on how to approach an autoimmune um, condition. Um, Make sure you also sign up for our seminars. We have them in-house and we have autoimmune. I don't know. We just got done with one. Yep. We're going to have another one, actually. 
think. Next week. Oh, we're doing we're doing them a lot. <laughs> there, yeah. There's some questions about it. Yeah, yeah. there's some interest. So the, there's a lot of interest about learning about autoimmune. So make sure you do show up to our seminars. Subscribe to our newsletter. Make sure you look at all our uh, podcasts and also subscribe to our website so that we can actually give you um, educational videos on how functional medicine can be different. In fact, it should become the norm and hopefully... A decade from now, it will be the normal way that all of medicine would um, actually be practiced, trying to dig for the root cause. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to um, always end our uh, podcast with, um, you know, usually you tell a good thing about a food product. But I think another way, as we are beginning to realize stress is one of the commonest reasons why people fall sick. I think we should start ending our podcast with giving gratitude. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you, what are you most grateful for? I wouldn't say most grateful for, but this morning I did meditate for over six minutes. That's awesome. <laughs> That's actually awesome. That was the first time I've done it in the morning on my own. So that was a good thing that I did this morning. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think, um, so you're just grateful that you found the time and you were able to do it. Made the time. Made the time. <laughs> right. Right. Actually, I am grateful that this morning I was able to run. Every morning I wake up giving myself an excuse. I do run every morning, but this time, this morning I just walked straight down to my treadmill and I ran and I was not in pain at the end of it. So I am extremely grateful that I still have the physical capacity to run. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's so. a, running is hard. <laughs> it is very hard. It is, yeah. it is actually the hardest thing. But I'm one of those lazy people who wants to get their exercise done quick and fast. So 10 minutes stops. If I sweat, I, I think I was actually grateful I sweated. Mm. I, it, it's very difficult for me to work up a sweat because of the thyroid issues, the Hashimoto's. So working up a sweat was, I was so grateful for it this morning. Feels good. Yep. So uh, once again, guys, make sure you, if you have uh, want to listen to this podcast, go on to iTunes. Um, please download it. Um, please uh, put a, a review there and uh, like us wherever possible so we can continue to provide these content and actually it will come to your Facebook feed the more you like and you tell people that this is what you want to listen to. Share it with your friends. Yes, please. And uh, thank you once again. We'll uh, see you at the next podcast. Thanks, guys. Alrighty then. If you've listened to this podcast fully, I would like to hope you have gained some new knowledge a different way of thinking and have benefited from it. If so, would you please do me a favor and share this with your family and friends? I do, however, want to mention that nothing that is stated in this podcast or written in the show notes should be construed as medical advice. We would like you as an individual to seek your medical advice from your specific provider. Our goal has all along been to dig into some existing truths try and make it simple so we all have a better understanding of our options out there to live fulfilling lives. It may be also prudent for me to mention the obvious here that no doctor-patient relationship was ever formed. In closing, I am grateful that you joined us and please do not forget to leave a review or share this info. Signing off till next time, I'm your host, Dr. Nisha Chalam.